Father, may we worship your name in spirit and in truth. God, as, as your Holy Spirit moves over us, God, and we're just called out to, to lift our hands in worship or to, to weep or, or, or mourn or whatever it may be through the time of worship that we had, God, I pray that we worship you now in truth and that the more we understand about who you are and how you have revealed yourself and your word, God, that we can have more truth poured into us and thus we can worship you more in truth and in spirit. So God, I pray that we would take this time very seriously, that you would prepare our hearts and our minds to receive your word. God, that you might change our lives forever through the power of your word. God, and that we might take this word from this place and go out into this world with your word and share this word. God, it's all about you. It's all about your glory and how you're going to use us for your glory. So I pray that right now we would take this word and we would let it sink deep into our hearts so that we might be able to tell somebody else what you told us today. God, whatever you need to do in this service, whether there are people that are brokenhearted for whatever reason, maybe they've lost somebody close to them, uh, God, maybe there's turmoil in their family, whatever the case may be, God, I just pray that people would listen to you, they would listen closely to your Holy Spirit, they would be in tune with your Holy Spirit, God, so that you might be able to speak to them closely, God, and speak to their exact need this morning. God, I know that you will. God, I know that your Holy Spirit has the power to speak to each and every heart that's in this place. So, God, we trust you. We have faith in you. And this, the rest of this time just belongs to you as we completely rely on you to speak to us. Thank you so much for the power of your word, how precious it is. May we never take it for granted. We thank you for it. In Jesus' holy name I do pray. Amen. You can be seated. So I told you last week that we would start a new series this week. Um, God had just impressed on my heart that as we've been talking about giving, and, and we even said that, that there are three things that really should be done more so in private than they are in public. There are three things that the Bible teaches that are to be done more in private than they are to be done in public. And that is prayer, giving, and fasting. And we talked about giving for the past few weeks. We talked about what it really means to give. And I think that God has changed your perspective in a lot of ways on what it means to give. And that putting 10% in the offering plate is, is not giving. That's not what God requires. What God requires is for you to give him everything. And it's not just about money. It's about you giving your service and, and giving in obedience to him, right? It's about, it's about giving from your heart and how you give, too. That, that a lot of people believe that if I just, you know, write my check, put it in the offering plate, that, that that's it, man, I'm good. And we said, no, that's not what giving's all about. Well, hopefully, what you will begin to understand about prayer through the next series, maybe it will change your perspective on prayer a little bit. Because what I think most people, what, what they think about prayer, and, and look, I'm not, I'm not bashing anybody because I've been in this place too, that, that prayer is simply about bringing your request to God, Right? This is what I need, so I'm going to pray about it. This is what, what I feel like is going on in my life, so I need to, to pray about it. And it's about bringing our requests to God. Well, I want you to understand that, that bringing your requests to God may not be exactly what you thought it to be before. Everybody's like, oh boy, okay. <laughs> Buckle up. Kenny's going to go all nutso on us again. No, we're simply going to look at what the Word of God says. Uh, this, is, this is not Kenny's interpretation. This is, this is what the Word of God says. And I, I think that, that sometimes people have gotten so ingrained in their thought process about what prayer is supposed to be, they don't really look at what God says prayer is supposed to be. 
You know what I mean? Like, like well, that's not really what I want it to be, so I'm not going to really listen to that. I, I, I'm just going to make prayer be what I want it to be, and then it'll match up, and I'll feel a lot better, right? Because that's what it's all about us, right? <laughs> no. No. It, I, I mean, I, I think that, that, that prayer really is for us, but it's not about us. You know what I tell people a lot of times, and they say, well, how do I know if this is the will of God for my life or not? I say, well, as you're praying about it, here's what I want you to do. There are two definitive ways that you can, you can almost 100% guarantee that it's God speaking to you and not your own selfish desires. Number one, is it scriptural? Does it line up with scripture? Let me tell you, if you don't know scripture, then it's hard for you to know if something's scriptural, right? That's why I encourage you to keep coming here, keep reading your Bible, keep doing those daily devotional readings that you do. That's why I encourage you to do that, because that way you'll know what Scripture says. That way you'll know if it's scriptural or not. You can't discern whether or not it lines up with Scripture if you don't know Scripture, right? Okay, that's number one. So does it line up with Scripture? Number two, everybody goes, this, I don't like this one. Is it others-driven? One of the definitive ways that you can find out if it's God speaking to you versus you speaking to you is if it's others-driven, if, it, if it's about somebody else. Now, God may use you to impact somebody else. He does that all the time. That's one of the great things about being a Christian is God uses us in his hands to, to, to shape and to mold us so that we might be used for his glory. And, and to, as we're Christ-like, we might be able to pour that into somebody else. But if you are really trying to figure out, is this what God wants me to do, yes or no, think about this. Is it scriptural and is it others-driven? Everybody's like, well, what about me, man? What about me? Well, if you know anything about Simple Church, you know that, that, that like, the reach, teach, and serve that, that we, we do in here, it's really about everybody else. It really is. Now, if you're not a Christian, if you're not a follower of Jesus, it's about you. We want people to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. We want them to understand what it means to be a Christian. They want people to understand what it means to, to be a follower of Christ. We want that. So it is about you if you're not a Christian. But if you are a Christian, all of a sudden the focus has shifted from you to everybody else. And I want you to know that. And everybody's like, well, I don't know if I want to come back to church next week. Are you going to teach the same stuff again? Yes, we're going to continue to teach that it's not about you. Now, does, does God answer your prayer sometimes, and does it impact your life in a powerful way, and you're able to see the glory of God and the miracle of God, and God do some incredible things in your life as a result of you praying earnestly that God would do something great? Yes, it does happen, absolutely. But that is not the primary purpose of our prayer. The primary purpose of our prayer is that God may be able to use us to bring him glory. That God may be able to use us to bring him glory. Now, if God intervenes in your life and answers some prayer, let me encourage you to use that answered prayer to bring him glory. To bring him glory. You better be telling it to everybody about how God did this in my life. I was praying and God heard the, the cries of my heart. And, and God heard me and he did this in my life. And glory be to God, he owns all the glory for what he did. And that's the way it's supposed to be. It's not about getting your request met. It's not about sending him a request in so he can just say yes. Right? You all seen the Bruce Almighty movie, you know, where he gets all these prayer requests coming in at him. They're filling up his email inbox, and he just replies to all and says yes. 
and what chaos that caused. I mean, some of you never seen the movie, and you're like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> he gets all these prayer requests coming into him because he's supposed to be God for a while, and he didn't know how to handle all the prayer requests, so he just says yes, responds yes to every one of them, and there's like 15 million people that won the lottery the next day, you know. But sometimes that's the way we act towards God. God, I just, I need you to say yes to whatever it is I'm asking. Let me ask you something. I mean, let's, let's be real honest for just a minute. If you've gotten a yes to every single one of your prayer requests that you've lifted up to God, how messed up would your life be right now? If God had just simply said, yes, yes. Whatever you need, the answer is yes. How messed up would your life be right now? Mine would be a mess. I'll go ahead and tell you. For, for one, I wouldn't be standing up here right now. Not, not, not even remotely close, you know. If God had said yes to, to my, all my prayer requests I lifted up to him, I, I certainly wouldn't be standing up here. God knows what kind of trouble I would be in. Literally, God knows what kind of trouble I would be in. As a matter of fact, I have a real tangible example in my life. I, I tell you all the time about my daughter and her battle with cancer and all of that stuff. And I can tell you from, from my own perspective, one of the things that I had to learn, okay, we don't learn anything unless it's painful, right? We, for whatever reason, we're dumb like that as human beings. We don't learn anything except when it's painful, that's why we have to beat our kids, you know what I mean? They're like, they don't learn unless there's pain associated with it, you know? We're like that too as adults. Everybody's like, yeah, I, you know, I don't ever have to learn that. Yeah, you liar. Yeah, you do. You learn through pain just like your kids learn through pain. It's the way we're wired for whatever reason. We only really learn something when it's painful. We go, oh, I shouldn't have done that. That eye is hot. The boiling water is hot. Don't stick your hand in it. Yes, we learn through pain. Well, in my own life, I had to figure this out too. And it, and it came in the form of, of, of my daughter and, and through the pain and heartache that we went through. And really, that, that's a lot of where I learned about giving. It really is. Because I had prayed to God over and over and over and over and over I'm, wait, and over and over and over and over and over that God would heal her. God, heal her. On this earth, God, I want you to intervene in a supernatural way and you take the cancer out of her body. God, you make sure that she lives and she lives a long, healthy, normal life. God, I want you to do this. I want you to do that. I want you to do this. God, please. God, please. I'm begging you. And I would lay awake at night praying and tears running down my face and yes absolutely God wants us to communicate with him like that don't get me wrong it's not that God doesn't want us to communicate when we're hurting as a matter of fact he absolutely wants us to depend on him when we're hurting it's all about dependence that's where that's what faith is right you say God I got nowhere else to turn but I turn towards you but here's what I had to understand and I had to learn through the pain is that I had to trust him completely, even to the point that it, it, her life did not belong to me. It belonged to him from the beginning. And I had to trust him completely that whether or not she lived on this earth or she lived in eternity with him, that I had to trust him and completely give her to him and say, God, she is in your hands. Whether she lives or she dies, she belongs to you. You loved her before I ever did. You loved her more than I ever could. God, she belongs to you. 
And God, if you have to take her life for you to receive glory, if she has to step from this life into the next for you to receive glory, that's the only thing I ask, Father, is that you receive glory from it. Most painful prayer I've ever prayed in my life. Made me sick to my stomach to pray that prayer and say, God, whatever happens, thy will be done. On earth as it is in heaven, God, you rule, you reign, thy will be done. Not my will, but thy will be done. Made me sick to my stomach to pray that prayer. The second most sickening time in my life, I mean literally, like gut-wrenching, sickening, stomach just in knots kind of time was that I was at home, I had something I had to do, and my daughter and my wife were at Children's Hospital having a checkup, and Kenneth was feeling really bad. I don't mean like she was sick. I don't mean like her head was hurting. I mean, she felt really bad. And she knew in her heart that she was dying, okay? If I'd be really honest with you, she knew she was dying. And she looked, she looked at her mom when they were in clinic about to see the doctor, and she said, Mom, am I going to die? She said, Mom, am I going to die? And my wife looked at her and said, I don't know. We're going to do everything that we can. Take you to see every doctor that we possibly can. So that we'll try our best for that not to happen. She didn't look at her and say you're not going to die. She didn't. Because that's not the truth. We're not in control of that. I believe with those words that Kasha said to Kenneth. I believe she was saying. I acknowledge that God. He's the one that determines that. And when my wife called me on the phone, and she's crying, and she's telling me that Kenneth just asked her if she was going to die, I laid down in my kitchen floor, and I, I wept like I've never wept before, and I just cried out to God. There was nowhere else I could go. There was no doctor I could talk to, no nurse I could talk to. There was no amount of medicine that I could have taken at that point in time. I couldn't have drank alcohol that would have taken away the pain. I, I couldn't have done anything else. The only place I could go at that moment was to God. And I had to get real honest with God laying on the kitchen floor. All I could do was lay on my back and cry and look up at God. And you know what? All I could say was, God, I just want you to hear me. God, I just want to talk to you. God, I want you to, to hear me as I cry out to you. That's all. Please, God, just hear me. I had to learn a lot about prayer. I had to learn it through pain. And I had to learn that prayer... As we ask God for things, as we cry out to him, really what he wants, two things. He wants us to talk to him. He wants communication with us. He wants us to communicate back and forth with him. Which is why you're supposed to pray, by the way. He really wants you to communicate with him. And it doesn't, it's not just in here. It's all the time. We're going to read about that in just a second. But God wants you to communicate with him. And he wants you to trust him. You realize that's what prayer is about? 
It's not about getting your needs met. It's about talking to your Father who is in heaven. And it's about telling Him that I trust you. And that you have your life and my loved ones' lives and my friends' lives and all the people I care about. You have their lives in your hands and I trust you. God, because I know that you love them more than I ever could. So God, I trust that, that you got this in your hands. That's really what prayer is about. And hopefully over the next couple of weeks, I don't know how long this will last. I don't know if it will just be two weeks or 15 weeks or 65 weeks. I don't know. We're going to find out. But for right now, that, that's the message, I believe, that, that we're going to be covering over the next few weeks is just communicating with God and telling Him that you trust Him and acknowledging His power, man, that He has real power in our lives. You trust Him because He has real power to, to, to do things in our lives and to use us in powerful ways, supernatural ways. As a matter of fact, we're going to be talking about that this morning in Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6 is really known um, as the, the armor of God passage, you know. Like, everybody knows about the armor of God. And, and we talked about that in here. As a matter of fact, we talked about spiritual warfare. We talked about the armor of God. And we talked about the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the shield of faith, the sword of the spirit, feet shod with the gospel of peace. We, you know, we, 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 we talked about those things, right? Well, at the end of getting done with, with Paul talking about all these supernatural abilities that God has given us in order to be able to wage war against the enemy and the fiery darts of the devil who is trying to destroy us, trying to kill us, trying to kill our testimony, that we also have to look at one other important spiritual element, which is prayer. And he wraps up Ephesians chapter 6 talking about prayer. And we've only got like three verses this morning. Everybody's like, well, good, man. This will be a quick sermon. Not necessarily, okay? <laughs> Not necessarily. I haven't even done the introduction yet, and we're like 15 minutes in. No, I'm just kidding. Relax. It's okay. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18, we'll start there. It says, pray in the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit. Everybody's like, well, does that mean I got to... Like, be laying on the ground, flailing around. Some gibberish has got to be coming out of my mouth. Is that what it means to pray in the Spirit? No. No. Praying in the Spirit is simply being in tune with the Holy Spirit of God. Which is listening to the Spirit of God. Not quenching the Spirit. To quench the Spirit means that you do things in your life to kind of back yourself away from God so it's a little more difficult to discern what God is saying, you know what those things are. There's a three-letter word called S-I-N. As you participate in sin, it quenches the spirit. God is a lot less able to, to pierce that, that blockade that you're putting up in your ears where you don't really want to listen to God. You want to listen to yourself and not to God so much. You know what I'm talking about? You know how sin does that? When you seem very distant from God, it's usually because sin is rampant in your life. You know what I mean? Well, to be in the Spirit means simply to be tuned in, into the Holy Spirit and what God is saying. Now, think about the thing. What does the Spirit say, literally? I mean, like, what does He say to you all the time? I mean, like, think about it. Like, the Spirit of God, if you're a Christian, you're a follower of Jesus, you've got the Spirit of God living within you. And He speaks to you, and you know that He does. 
Because when you go to delve into sin, what's the first thing he reminds you of? Something you heard in a sermon or something you read in a devotion that morning or, or some word of God, something that you know to be true about God, and, and, you, it, and you're immediately the Spirit just takes you back to that place. And you start, you start like, oh, I don't really want to listen to that. I'd really listen to the flesh and what my sinful desires want. I don't really want to listen to the Spirit so much. But the Spirit tells you things that is truth about God, for one thing. He tells you that God wants to use you, right? Doesn't he tell you that? He says, man, don't go there. Don't, don't go into that area, man. That, you know that's bad. You know what's going to come out of that. Don't go there. Don't participate in that. It's going to damage your relationship with God. It's going to quench the spirit. It's going to keep you from able to hear God tomorrow or the next day if you keep going into this area. And the spirit is constantly telling you that, right? Now, you may not like to hear that, but that is the truth, and you know it's the truth. What is the Spirit also saying? The Spirit's saying, here's an opportunity of service for you. Here's a way that you can serve God, be used by God. Here's a way that God can use his power in and through you for his glory. Look at this over here. This is an opportunity for you. Isn't that what the Spirit does? He's constantly showing you opportunities for God to use you. And, and to pour his supernatural power into you for you to might be able to be used by him for him. So think about the Spirit. The Spirit's telling you, to don't go over here. Do go over here. Listen to the truth of God. Everybody's like, man, I, I don't know what God wants me to do in my life. I, I, I struggle to figure out how I'm supposed to be used by God. And the whole time, the Spirit of God is constantly telling you, and in your ear, I mean like literally almost just constantly in your ear just saying, do this. Look at this opportunity over here. You know you need to be at church this morning. You don't want to be. I understand that. But you know you need to be because God needs to speak to you this morning about something that's going on in your life. And the Spirit of God is constantly in your ear, constantly talking to you. And you're like, yeah, but I don't really like that. See, the problem with it being about you versus it being about God and when it's about you, it tends to lean over towards the fleshly side and your desires and your wants and your needs. And then when you listen to God, it's all about him and the things that he can use you for. Now, here's the beautiful part of it. Man, when you're in tune with the Spirit and God is using you, man, there's this overflow of joy that comes from being used by God. When you lead somebody to Christ, when you tell them about Jesus, when you see somebody you invited to church, when they come to salvation and they get baptized, man, there's like this huge overflow this like way better than anything you're going to experience by going into the fleshly side of things. But constantly that fleshly side is pulling you away from listening to the Spirit. And it's this constant battle back and forth. And I've told you before, you're going to have that battle up until the time when you shed this flesh and you go on from this life. You're going to have that battle. But as we pray, think about praying in the Spirit. Think about the things that God wants to do in your life. Think about the things that God's trying to keep you from to protect you. Think about those things. Tune in to the Spirit as you pray. As, we're going to talk more about the Spirit as we talk about prayer, okay? But I just wanted to kind of drive home the point that Paul says very first off, in the Spirit. In the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit. At all times and on every occasion. 
oh, I thought I was supposed to pray in the morning. I read somewhere, somebody, some pastor told me that I was supposed to get up in the morning and pray. He's right. I heard some pastor say that I was supposed to pray at nighttime before I go to bed with my kids. And, and I, I was supposed to, yeah, mm-hmm, you are. I, somebody somewhere, they were praying over their meal. And I felt like I was supposed to be doing that too. I felt like I was supposed to be praying before I ate. Uh-huh. What does Paul say? I, look, I, I, love, I love the fact that Paul speaks in plain terms. Here at Simple Church, we don't make it complicated. When are we supposed to pray? At all times. And in case you didn't get that, he says, and on every occasion. Oh, you mean at all times and on every occasion? Yes. Yes. You mean at Christmas time and Thanksgiving and President's Day and all of that? Yes. Yes, and Flag Day and yes, on every occasion. All the time and on every occasion. Now, here's the thing. You know what's dangerous about getting into this routine of I have to pray in the morning? You, you know what the problem with that is? Is you start to feel bad if you didn't pray this morning? If you got up this morning and you were late for church and the kids were puking and like you, battery was dead in the car and like I didn't have a chance to pray. Now, I cried out to God because I was angry, but I didn't necessarily pray to God. You know, like that, the problem with that is that if if you if you got this mindset that I have to pray in the morning, then, then your, your prayers at lunchtime, when you go to pray over your meal, maybe before you sit down at the lunch table at work or whatever, you, you'll be feeling bad about the fact that I didn't pray in the morning time. And, and it's going to hinder you from being able to pray at lunchtime. So my recommendation to you is just get in this spirit of prayer all the time. Pray on the way to work. Pray once you get to work. When your computer is booting up, just pray. Just pray. People are like all the time like, well, I can't pray in the shower. I'm naked. <laughs> I, I, now, you laugh, okay? Why? There's so many people laughing because there's a lot of people in here that must have heard that somewhere. When I was about five or six years old, I lived in Clinton Village Apartments. Uh, shout out to all my bros up in Athens, Alabama. Uh, Julia Newman Elementary School, all you homies out there listening on the podcast, shout out to y'all. About five or six years old, living in Clinton Village Apartments. And you get, I mean, you live in the apartments, you get all kinds of crazy stuff coming at you. Like, I don't know if it's like different religions, and some people are Catholic, and some people are Buddhist or Hindu. I don't, but all I know is we were trying to figure stuff out about the Bible. And there was, there was like this, this lady down down doors down her, her son's name all I remember is her son's name her son's name was Jude and I used to pick him up by his head like this and he's like but anyway so I don't know why I did that I was a mean kid this is before Jesus okay give me a break all right so I used to pick him up by his head and he just like you know I don't sorry like that wasn't a rabbit I chased that was like a deer I'm chasing deer but anyway so I, I remember she used to like have bible studies on Wednesdays because the kids you know Clinton Village Apartments, we didn't really go to church that much and stuff. So, like, it, it, you know, she would have little Bible studies. And I remember going a few times to that. And I bet, you know, this lady never thought that 35 years later that this crazy idiot would be standing up here talking about the fact that I remember her little Bible studies that she had. She had little Gideon's Bibles, man, she gave to the kids in the apartment complex. But, man, in Clinton Village Apartments, you would hear all kinds of stuff. And I remember distinctly, I remember distinctly Hearing somebody say, well, you can't pray in the shower or the bathtub because you're naked. I was like, really? I didn't know that. 
I was sitting there thinking, man, I done made God upset. Because I, I, like, I, I would pray sometimes. I was a little kid, didn't really know a whole lot about prayer. But I was like, man, I've prayed in the shower before. God saw me naked. That's not good. You can pray in the shower. In case there was anybody struggling with that. Kenny, I didn't know if you could pray when you were naked. Yes, you can. You can. As a matter of fact, God doesn't really care about your clothes so much. I don't know if you knew that or not. Adam and Eve, clothes, not a big deal. You know, like, there are people who say, well, I, I, I can't pray here. I can't, I can't pray. And, and we'll make up excuses too, right, won't we? We'll make up excuses about, well, I can't really pray at work because people are like, oh, that's one of those Bible-thumping Jesus freaks over there. If they see me praying at work, then they'll probably try to avoid me, and they'll, I'll never be able to have a conversation with them about God. Well, that's 180 degrees from the truth. The truth is, is when somebody's struggling and they're looking for somebody to talk to, you know who they're going to look to talk to is that guy that prays over his meal at lunch. Or that lady that, that prays when she's sitting there at her cubicle and she has a few minutes on break and she opens up her Bible or she pulls up you know, her Bible online and starts reading some scripture. That's the person they'll go to when they're hurting, uh, when, when you know, their spouse has left them or uh, when they got a sick child. You're the person they'll talk to. That's the reality. If you want to be used by God, listen to the Spirit of God. Be in tune with the Spirit of God and pray at all times. At all times and on every occasion. There's no certain time you have to pray. The only certain time you have to pray is all the time. You remember when I said when giving to God, you know what you're supposed to give? You're supposed to give all the time, all, everything, right? And now when it comes to prayer, it's about all the time. You're going to notice a pattern here with Jesus. See, really, kind of the things kind of line up, you know? They really do. When it comes to prayer, pray all the time. Pray all the time and on every occasion. Now, he says something else here. He says, stay alert and be persistent with your prayers for all believers everywhere. Now, I like this, Okay. Uh, he says, stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. Stay alert. You've got to remember where Paul's coming from. He just started talking about the armor of God, right? He's talking about ways to protect ourselves from the fiery darts of the enemy. And he, he's been talking about how we're supposed to remember these things, these supernatural abilities that God has given us in order to be able to, to fend off the attacks that come against us, right? Well, one of the things that we have to do is we have to remember prayer in that responsibility to other believers and to ourselves I mean, when we pray, how often are you praying, God, protect me from the enemy, protect me from temptation? God, help me to stay away from those things that might draw me away from you? Help my family to stay away from those things that might draw them away from you? I mean, how many times do we pray that stuff compared to how many times do we pray about the fact that our checking account is reaching the zero amount and we're worried about that and stressed out about our finances and worried about our 401ks and, and worried about all this other stuff. If we spent more time worrying about the, the, the things that really matter, that before our, our kids went out on a Friday or Saturday night praying, God, protect them, keep them close to you. God, I, I, I hope that, that, that my, my son, my daughter will be close to you and they'll remember that on Sunday morning when I take them to church. People, man, people get all in an uproar about 
taking prayer out of schools, don't they? Man, you, you talk about people getting, getting fired up, man. You, you, you start talking about prayer in schools and people will get fired up. Do you know that, that prayer has never been taken out of schools? Prayer has never been taken out of schools. It's never been outlawed in school. Now, there's a lot of kids that ain't praying in school. But it's not illegal to pray in school. It's not illegal to pray at my job. I do it all the time. Prayer is still allowed in schools. I, I'm not going to go into detail here, but I was at a school back when I was in youth ministry, and they were all fired up about the fact that they couldn't pray at certain events. And they were having these rallies. I'm talking about kids before school. I mean, they were like piling in. I mean, like it was just covered up in kids. And, and I said, so, so this is about prayer. This is about you being fired up about them removing prayer from your events. And, and you're concerned about prayer. I said, the real test will be in six months if you're still meeting here and you're still praying. The real test will be whether you're at church on Wednesday night or not. If you're really that concerned about prayer, why is it that I haven't seen you anywhere where other people are doing prayer except at this prayer meeting before school because they said they were going to take it out of your events? Why, why is it that, that I haven't seen you at church in six months and all of a sudden I see you here? Why? It doesn't sound like that's about prayer. It doesn't sound like that's what this is about. It sounds like this is more about somebody telling you you can't do something. That's what you're fired up about. It's not that you're fired up about prayer. Because if you were fired up about prayer, you wouldn't care if they removed it from the sporting events or not. You wouldn't care about that because you'd say, I pray, I pray at sporting events all the time. I don't mean to get on that soapbox, but... When, when people like to find some rally cry, something to, to jump behind that makes them look very holy, that scares me, to be very honest with you. It scares me. Because you know, you know what? I, I, I pray. I love God. I go to church. And, and, and man, I, I want to be with the body of believers. You know what? I don't, I, don't have to, I don't have to go out in the streets in March to tell everybody that. You, you know where I tell people? One-on-one -on -one when somebody's hurting and I tell them that God loves them. There's a whole lot of people that would, would stand in line to, to march down the, the street to, to cry out against some kind of sin. But I would much rather get them one-on-one -on -one and say, God loves you and God hates that sin in your life. I, 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 I promise you, the reason people want to march down the streets is because that's a lot easier than getting one-on-one -on -one with somebody and telling them they love them and, and telling them that, that, that God loves them. That's a lot more difficult to do. And pray with somebody who's struggling. Pray with somebody who has, has sin in their life. They'd rather bash them for the sin as opposed to praying with them about the sin. And here we see Paul saying, be alert, 
and pray at all times and pray for the others too. Pray for the others too. And I wish we'd spend a whole lot more time praying for people that are hurting and struggling with sin in their life than we do bashing them for that. I sure, I sure do wish we would spend a whole lot more time doing that, but we tend to go the easier route, which is to make fun of them or to bash them as opposed to praying for them and loving them. Right? It's real prayer. Real prayer. It's what God really says about prayer. It's what God really says about prayer. Oh, Paul has to... <laughs> you say, well, Paul's about to get a little selfish here. He says, and pray for me too. I thought you told us not to be selfish, Kenny. I thought we weren't supposed to be selfish in our prayer. Look what Paul asked them to pray for, though. He says, and pray for me too. Ask God to give me the right word so I can boldly explain God's mysterious plan that the good news is for Jews and Gentiles alike. What does Paul ask for here? He says, if you're going to ask something for me, don't pray that I don't get put in jail. Don't pray that I don't get beat with rods and whips and chains. Don't pray for that stuff. What I want you to pray for is that I might be able to speak boldly the mysterious plan of God. See, see Paul a lot of times would go without food because he was in jail and they'd lock him away from proclaiming the good news of Jesus. They would chain him to Roman soldiers and he would simply just sit there to the Roman soldier and talk about God. He would talk, he would lead, I mean, there was times when he would lead the Roman soldiers that were chained to him because he was in prison, he would lead them to Christ. As a matter of fact, they, they like fed up with it, man. We can't, we got to stop chaining people to him. They keep coming to Jesus as a result of it. I bet that dude didn't shut up about Jesus. I mean, he was like constant 24-7 talking about the glory of God. Paul says, whether I have a lot or a little, it's okay. I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. It doesn't matter if I don't eat. It doesn't matter if I get beat with whips and chains and rods. It doesn't, that doesn't matter. What matters is that I might be able to proclaim the good news boldly. To not be afraid and to constantly be able to pour out the truth of God on other people. That's what I want you to pray for. That doesn't sound like a selfish request to me. It sounds like it's about everybody else. Remember when I said it's others driven? It sounds like this is others driven. I think sometimes, sometimes we, uh, we get things all backwards, don't we? We do. I think sometimes it, it, the, the selfish, fleshly side of us gets the better of us, and we're going to continue to struggle with that. That's why you got to keep coming here, man. That's why you got to keep reading the Word of God. So it will continue to correct you and all the things that you thought you knew. And then you learn, man, I didn't really know that after all. Once I start reading the word of God, once I start looking at what it really says, it's actually different than what I thought it said. That's the whole reason I believe God called me to start this church. As people have been mixed up for a long time about what they thought they knew. And then God said, you know what, let's just take the word, what it says, and let's just make it founded on that. Let's teach people what the Word of God really says, and let's just do that. And maybe you can call it simple, church, and maybe people will come because they realize it really is simple. It really is. It's not as complicated as they thought it was. Now, it's real, real hard, but it ain't complicated, you know? It's hard to do. It's hard to put into action, but it really is simple. 
And that's the reason I believe God said, reach, teach, and serve. And it's all about everybody else. It's all about everybody else. All right, let's go on to the, the next last verse. Look what he says. I'm in chains now. Still preaching this message as God's ambassador. So I pray that I will keep on speaking boldly for him as I should. How many of you have prayed that prayer? That my situation right now is dire. I may very well die in this place that I am. I may very well be consumed by, by the, the, the circumstances around me. It may, it may crush me. It may grind me to powder. But what matters most is that I would continue on preaching this message, telling people the good news of Jesus Christ because I am his ambassador. That God, it doesn't, whatever you need to do in my life, I'm okay with that, so long as you would enable me to go and continue to tell people your good news. When's the last time you prayed that prayer? That I might speak boldly for him as I should. That, that my physical circumstances are not what matters, but what matters is you, Lord Jesus. Now, it's been hard teaching, right? But I want you to understand. God gives you the ability to come and, and do this, to do this stuff that Paul's talking about, to pray this way. You know how you do it? You rely on him. You rely on the supernatural power of God because you don't have it within you to do it on your own. If you rely on you, you rely on the flesh. But if you rely on the spirit that lives within you, then you'll be able to pray this way. Then you'll be able to, to, to actually live your life in such a way that you're able to boldly speak this mysterious plan that God has. You cannot do it on your own. That's the whole message that God wants you to understand. Communicate with me and trust in me and my power. Your situation right now in your life, it may be devastating. It may be hurtful. There may be people that you love that have stabbed you in the back. There may be people that, 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 that you care about that are dying from some illness. There may be rebellious children that have gone their own way and they want nothing to do with God. They want nothing to do with you. Would you come and pray? Would you come and pray? But when you pray, I want you to do this. I want you to, to make your request known to God, understanding fully that he is in control and your purpose as a Christian is to glorify him. So you say in your prayer, God, whatever you have, I pray that no matter what happens, you receive glory. I pray that no matter how difficult the situation and the trials may come, I pray that at the end result, what happens is that you receive glory. Maybe, just maybe, somebody come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ of the difficulties in my life. Maybe, just maybe, because I am in chains Somebody may see God through that. Why don't we pray that way? Why don't we pray that way? Let me pray. Father, thank you for this message about prayer that you've given us. Lord, this has come straight from you and your word. God, I pray that I've added nothing to it. I've taken nothing away. I've simply just 
just preached your word as you intended it to be preached because there are people here that they need to pray. But they need to pray, Lord, with the mindset of how you called us to pray. God, we need to pray in the way that, that, that we're supposed to as followers of Jesus. I pray that we would pray that way. God, but we can't do it on our own. God, I know that we can't. Our flesh does not desire to do that. So, God, we have to tune into your spirit. We have to be in the spirit in order to pray like that. I pray that if people would come down to this altar, Lord, they would be in the spirit, that they would pray in your spirit. God, I know I know how difficult the situation can be sometimes. I know. I've been there. I, I, I've seen. I've looked death in the face, and I've seen how devastating this world can be. God, but what I've also seen is I have also seen your glory. God, even when my daughter passed from this life to the next, God, I was able to see standing in that room with nurses and doctors all around us, I was able to see your glory fall as we prayed and gave thanks for her life. God, I know that the situation can be dire. I know that it can be awful. Lord, but I know that your glory can fall in any situation. So, Lord, that's what I pray for, for the people in this room. I pray that they would come and humbly fall before you and lift their, their needs up to you. And I pray that they would ask, God, that your glory would fall in their situation and that you may be glorified through their trials and through their difficulties. God, help us in the power of your spirit to do that. God, this time belongs to you as we pray to you. God, I pray that you're glorified. In Jesus' name everyone please stand